When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Right, let's uh, get across to uh, a subject that uh, is going to be very educational for me, and there's not much more than we love than getting behind one in this country, and that's why our next guest has all of a sudden become so very special. Uh, Julian David is the latest Kiwi to be qualified for the Paris Olympics, uh, the Games next year, of course. And um, what does Julian David specialise in? Speed climbing, and there is simply not a faster man up a wall in New Zealand or Oceania as it has proved over the weekend. So both Julian and Sarah Tetzlaff have qualified by winning uh, an event in Melbourne on Sunday, meaning we have two new medal chances for Paris next year. Julian David is on the line with us now. Morning, mate. Uh, how are you going? Morning. Yeah, great. Thanks. And you? Yeah, damn cool, actually. This is going to be great, <laughs> uh, finding out about your sport. Yeah. Okay, so for instance, how long has it been an Olympic sport as such? Well, the sport's been around for many years, actually, but it's only really become quite serious since it was introduced to the Olympics back in 2020. Olympics in Tokyo was the first time actually um, but what's special about this Olympics is it's the first time it will be its own event so it will be an own medal because last Olympics all three disciplines of climbing were combined so it allows athletes to really specialise now Okay so how did you get into it Julian? Uh, <laughs> uh, well I started climbing really in intermediate I fell out of a tree and broke my wrist and one of the teachers was like oh, well, we've got a wall here at Totem Intermediate why don't you use it instead of climbing the trees so <laughs> I kind of got introduced to it then did Ames games and came third so I was like oh shit I should probably train it and that's where I met Rob when I started training at Rocktopia and he built Spiegel back in 2019 and pretty much been on that wall ever since yeah you could be the next most famous person to come out of Tauranga Intermediate than I think by a, by a fellow by the name of Kane Williamson. Yeah, and he also went to Tauranga Boys, which is where I just finished up this year, so <laughs> following in some big shoes. <laughs> following in some really big shoes. Right, okay, uh, we need to find out a few things uh, about this event because, uh, as I said, it's a, a real education to me. How does it work? Yep. How, do, how, does, how does it actually, how does it work? You stand at the bottom with the harness on, etc. How does it work? Yeah, yeah. So basically, the auto belay, which is what protects me, it's what I clip into. That thing, well, at the speed that I'm moving up, it'll also keep me from falling and dying, which is ideal. And basically, a whole competition like this specifically, uh, everybody gets two qualification runs and two practice runs. And the top 16, if there's 16 people, the top 16 times will then go through to finals, and then it works out knockout stage from there. So, in terms of the wall itself, 
Uh, how much notice do you get of its of its connotations of of the idiosyncrasies about that wall? How much practice time do you get, and does the course at any stage ever alter? No, oh, yeah, I see what you mean. Uh, no, it's actually the same route that's been standardised since two thousand five, and it's been the same ever since. So it's like the hundred metres vertical, and it's only fifteen metres high. <laughs> Really? So, okay. So you, everyone knows this. I mean, they can, they can simulate it and practice it, and if, yeah, if I've yeah. got the money to build one, etc. So, everyone knows exactly what it is going into it. Exactly. Yeah. So it's it's been like muscle memory. All the athletes have drilled it and trained it, and everybody comes up with their own way to climb it, and everyone goes for it. Yeah. So. Are there varying ways to climb it? I mean, uh, if, uh, if I'm looking at how to climb it, I'm looking at myself now, how you climbed it. I'm thinking, well, it's <laughs> certainly I've got to be the, the, the fastest point from A to B. Um, but are there varying ways of doing it? Yeah, so it all depends, obviously, on like height, weight, power, all of this stuff, coordination, and everybody climbs it differently. Bigger guys, you know, they do bigger moves, skip more holds, but they move a bit slower through the moves. Shorter people tend to use more holds but move more rapidly. Yep. So it's one on one. Is it one you against someone else, or is it just the clock? Um, so in the qualification, it's the clock. It doesn't matter about the person next to you. It's just trying to get your fastest time in the qualification, which is just two runs. And if you've moved mm-hmm. down to the next round, so if you're quick enough, then it's knockout stage from there. It's whoever gets to the top first. So tell us about your time you achieved at the weekend compared to you know your time when you first started to take it up seriously. How how, how much has that evolved? How much has it improved? <laughs> uh, well, since I started training it seriously for almost two years now, I started off at 8.7 seconds, which is before I joined the program and started training it seriously. And now I'm sitting around 5.8 in competition. 5.8 seconds to go um, straight up. That's incredible. <laughs> Absolutely. Quite incredible. Um, what is the best time in the world then? What, what, what would win you the Olympic medal as, if you had it tomorrow? So the current world record is held by Leonardo Vedrik, an Indonesian speed climber, and he holds it at 4.9 seconds. So the five-second barrier is uh, is probably the big goal there. The five. Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. So the next the, the next thing um, that uh, we need to find out is uh, is there a circuit for the, uh, speed climbing? I mean, is there a league? I mean, is there a? Uh, I mean, do you just get together at Olympics or qualifying stages, etc.? Do you have regular competition? Yeah. So it's all organised by IFSC, the International Federation of Sport Climbing. They're the governing body of the sport, and. Every um, year, there's six series, which we call World Cups, but obviously a World Cup in your eyes would be, you know, Rugby World Cup every four years. We host it more like Mm -hmm. Formula One. We have multiple series, World Cup races uh, all over the world, um, and we compete in those and gather the world rankings like that. Yeah. So how does it break down in New Zealand? What's the setup like in New Zealand? Um, so in New Zealand, uh, we only really have a national competition which determines our team, and we base our times off of international times to see if we can, you know, qualify and go to those World Cups and actually have a chance at placing somewhere. Um, in terms for us, we only have one facility, one full speed wall um, to train on. So obviously, compared to you know the rest of the world, Europe and Asia, they've got all these facilities. It's a bit more difficult for us, obviously, but we still manage to keep up, so that's good. <laughs>
So where is where where our where is our facility as such? I mean, I, I think I've seen one, whether it was a novelty or not, um, at a cricket ground in, in Mount Monganui. I think they had one up at one point. Yeah, so yeah, where, where is our base? That's it. So all of the, yeah, actually, all of the speed team is based around Tauranga and Mount Monganui. Um, there's six of us, and we all train on that one wall that you saw there in Bay Oval, Mount Monganui. Yep. Okay, so I would imagine at this point it's relatively amateur from your, or is there prize money involved in these leagues? Um, in these leagues, there is prize money. The competition, the competition I did on the weekend, um, didn't involve money because you know in Oceania is still not even that big of a sport. It's still relatively new. It only really became popular and people started training after the Olympics, like I did. Um, but if you go to the World Cups and podium there, you, you're, there is prize money. Yeah. Okay, so just give us an idea. How big is it around the world? I mean, to become an Olympic sport, it's obviously right up there. I mean, is is it as big as surfing, for instance? I mean, just how big has it got? Uh, Oh, surfing, I'm not sure. Uh, Are you talking about speed climbing specifically or like climbing as a whole? Because uh, the other disciplines, obviously, there are more more competitors as well. Well, I, I guess uh, I'm looking at climbing overall, but um, in your particular uh, event, how many people would be looking to qualify for the Olympics? Uh, I think in speed ca- skating, uh, speed climbing in particular. Um, to give you an example, roughly 80 people will qualify to go to a World Cup, and that's like oh. 80 of the fastest people in the world. Um, each nation's only really allowed to send uh, a maximum of three or four people, depending on where they are ranked in the world. Um, I don't know in terms of other sports how popular it would be, but it's definitely growing and it's getting really big, which is cool to see. And being at the forefront of that for me, obviously, is really cool, you know, leading the way for all the future athletes to come through the sport. How do you train for it apart from the wall itself? I mean, are, are we looking at serious gym time? I mean, what kind of physical attributes do you need? Do you need strong leg pressure? I mean, is it all about the arms? Where, where, where is your focus when it comes to training? So for speed, I'd say oof, our training is probably like 80% on the wall and actually doing the runs, 20% would be in the gym. Uh, in the gym would be focusing on a lot of plyometrics, you know, like box jumps and explosive pull-ups and stuff like that. Um, we really don't need a lot of gym, it more aids our speed and power. Uh, as for uh, legs and arms is actually probably a bit more legs, to be honest. Uh, the arms kind of guide and the legs drive, if that makes sense. I'm just looking at my watch now and I'm just counting five seconds on my watch and I'm thinking <laughs> to myself, that's, that's bloody quick. I mean, that goes by pretty damn quick. So uh, yeah. tell us about those, those moments when you're at the bottom and you get the green light, the gun, the, 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 the call to start. Tell us about that, the build-up, the adrenaline within you leading into that. Yeah, all right. So at a competition, you know, you've got all these people, you're versing somebody, the person next to you, obviously. You get called out, you set up your pad, so the timing system works as a pad at the bottom. You'll set it up to where your foot is when you start because you have all three limbs on the wall apart from one foot. One foot has to be on the ground. And we'll go face the judges, get the belay to clip us in, and that's probably the most nerve-wracking moment is when you're just standing there facing the crowd and the judges before you face onto the wall. The judges will say, at your marks, you face the wall, put all your limbs on the wall with your one foot on the pad. They call ready, and three beeps will go off before you're allowed to 
move and like react and take your foot off the ground off the starting pad. And once those three beeps start, you go for it. And once you hit the pad at the top, your time stops. Wow. So, I mean, it's yeah. just full-on adrenaline. It's just, uh, I mean, you don't have any time to think about anything peripheral apart from that, I guess. What it, tell us yeah, a wee exactly. bit about it when, I mean, you have normal um, racing situations, and, you know, but when all of a sudden there's an Olympic place on the line, tell us about the weekend. Well, the weekend was, <laughs> although it wasn't my hardest event, you know, I did the um, Youth World Champs over in Korea earlier in the year and became Junior World Champion. That was a lot harder an event for me personally. But this race, it was it was easier, but it was at the same time harder because, you know, the nerves and the mental state was a lot harder at this one. Um, as for that, I have a, a whole set of rituals which I do leading up to the climb and, like, music is, plays a big part in that for me. So I think, like, before I line up, you know, I have my music going. They call us to go out and set up our pads and whatnot. So I rip my headphones off, go set up my pad. And, you know, I'm trying not really to think of anything, you know, being a bit of a flow state and just, you know, I've done the the route heaps of times. So I just think, you know, it's just another run, you know, keep it smooth, consistent. Yeah. Music? What kind of music motivates you for this then? I mean, I wouldn't imagine it's waltz type music. Is it real quick fire (laughs) stuff? Yeah, yeah, hype music, you know, uh, ACDC Thunderstruck's a good one, and you got some back and black stuff like that. <laughs> Nothing calm. <laughs> we often talk yeah. to uh, snowboarders or, you know, every now and then we talk to, you know, uh, people involved in surfing, etc. and we, we always ask about yeah. the camaraderie involved because you, we can see it in the Winter Olympics. So it doesn't matter what country you're from, everyone seemed to be quite happy about other people's success. What about yeah. the, the, um, the speed climbing fraternity? Um, I mean, just climbing as a whole is an awesome community. I mean, everybody's so supportive, you know, and the Australians when we were over in Melbourne were so, so supportive, you know. It was so cool to talk to all of them before and after the competition. And, you know, they are all super stoked for each other, and it was really cool to see. At World Cups, it's exactly the same. Everybody's just really excited to be there, and everyone just has a real good time, yeah. It's so cool to meet other athletes. So tell us uh, about the fact that not just yourself qualified, but uh, Sarah Sarah Tetzler uh, yeah. managed to get through as well. That's you know that's brilliant to have two going all of a sudden. Yeah, I mean, I would say I was almost even more nervous for her because I've been training with her for two years. I know her extremely well, and I was just so stoked that I was able to go to the Olympics with her. I mean, I wouldn't rather go with anybody else. And, you know, she actually used to coach me when I was first getting into climbing as well. So for me, it's really, really special to get to go with her. And I, I would imagine too, I um, mean, as you say, it, it's the second time uh, it goes to the Olympics, but this time it's different mm. in terms of, of its breakdown. But mm. the possibility now of when you first started this of all of a sudden becoming an Olympic athlete and being in a village situation with um, the most famous athletes around the world, uh, I mean, uh, yep. it's not that far away either. Tell us about that expectation from your point of view. Yeah, so I mean, uh, I had the similar experience actually when I just went to World Cups. You know, I was watching these guys competing. I was just on YouTube watching the live stream. You know, I've seen them on TV, and to actually be there in that environment, you know, you kind of starstruck. Um, I'd say now at this point, I'm kind of past that phase now. And you know, I'm friends with everybody. I know like Leonardo, the world record holder, and all those guys quite well. Um, so for me personally, I'm actually really excited. You know, it's only six months ish away, um, and it may not sound like a lot of time, but 
in the past year, you know, I've dropped like a second and a half already. And even if I only managed to drop half a second between now and the Olympics, it's already going to put me in a contention spot, you know, like running low fives when you're running that fast, the margin of error yeah. becomes so slim plus the pressure. So, you know, anything can happen. How much of it is, uh, I've got to ask this because I've played sport as well. And when you lose your confidence in, yep. in one of the areas of your sport that you play in, it's bloody hard at times to pick it up again. Uh, is how much of it is confidence based? Uh, look, a lot of speed climbing, you have to have a lot of trust. I would say in like all of your foot placement, and you just have to really believe that you. Because I mean, you have to visualize a lot of the movements that you're doing. Because the moment that you lose focus, you exit that flow state. You know, you make one mistake, and it's just it's, it can be really hard to refocus after that point. It's something I really train is the refocusing so like it's, you make a little stumble you know you just got to snap into it and really focus on that run the adrenaline you know sometimes it kicks in and you actually do really well after like a little slip the next run just because that mentality of needing to be better that next run is really high so yeah how many hours a week okay so now i'm going to get to the professionalism side of it <laughs> and where you get your yeah. where you get your funding etc from i mean to me, um, you'd have to put quite a bit of time into this, but you know you've got to be funded. Um, you, 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 it costs you to live outside of this. So, what, what does life um, look like for uh, for Julian David um, around this event, and particularly in the next six months as you look to build up? Yeah, so I mean, obviously, these past two years have been you know the hardest and the most incredible two years of my life. I mean, when I'm in full training, I'm training morning and afternoon um for about an hour and a half probably almost every day of the week and some you know it can be quite hard i mean i had school as well uh, in between uh, i've now just finished year 13 so i don't have to worry about that anymore and um i think i mean it's been a really hard season for me in terms of um i've only really had time to train and focus on these like obviously i've been traveling the world and i haven't really been home uh, to see family a lot so now after this event uh, I get to spend I'll take about a month off just to chill and spend time with family and then I'll start next season you know start 2024 uh, with the Olympics in mind just trying to really really go for that spot and improve my time as much as possible so okay so let's uh, let's look as you say six months is going to roll right roll by very very quickly in, in terms of when mm. this comes up you, you've talked about your improvement. How confident are you that you could uh, get yourself into, um, you know, proximity of medals? Um, I mean, at this stage, uh, you know, everybody's obviously training real hard to get that spot. And so far, there's only six athletes actually even qualified for the, all that have been qualified for the Olympics for speed. So, I mean, we do have uh, a few more athletes that we're waiting on. Uh, for me... I think the possibility, you know, it's always there. You never know what's going to happen in the sport. I mean, there's always slips. There's always, like, upsets which happen. And I think if I can train my consistency uh, and get my, my speed to around 5.2, 5.3 seconds, if I work on mm. consistency, that puts me in a pretty good shot. Uh, I, mean, I know they have a safety aspect to it, but uh, is, uh, is, uh, is there danger of injury in it to any degree? Uh, and all of the time I've done it, the only injuries I've ever had is scraping my knees on the wall and scraping my knuckles. Uh, there's never been any serious injury. There has been maybe 
at one World Cup, one of the belays wasn't retracting like quick enough. So can potentially be a bit dangerous at that point, but even then they're not going to hit the ground. You know, they might just get a bit of whiplash at the worst. But yeah. You're at the top end of it where it becomes very serious, but in terms of youth, in terms of school kids, I mean, it seems to me a great activity for young people. Do you notice that or do you sort of, you know, you sort of keep to yourself to yourself and your group of excellence as such? Uh, no, I definitely try and immerse myself. I mean, obviously, there's not a lot of opportunity to do that. Um, I mean, a lot of this year I was overseas, so I couldn't come to like a lot of national events, which I would have liked to, you know, support some of the younger guys. And, you know, the, the future is actually looking quite promising. I mean, the young kids, you know, they're just amazing. Like, there's some kids that I reckon, you know, by the time they're my age will be well and truly better than me. So I actually can't wait to see that next generation come up. Yeah. Yeah, you're a ripe old age, eh, Julian? You're yeah. a ripe old age. <laughs> Hey, Julian, it's been absolutely fascinating to catch up with you um, and educating me uh, and the listeners too on on what this is all about. And now, of course, that we've got two um, uh, Olympians in the mix, I think we'll take a lot more notice of it. So well done on, on achieving that uh, in its own right. Uh, and all the best yeah, in the build-up. And uh, cl- close to the time, I'd love to catch up with you again, Julian. And, and thank, thanks yeah, so no much worries. for, for spending, spending some time with us. Cheers, man. Have a good day. Awesome. Thank you. You too. <laughs>